get another episode of Gridcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I kind of sounded like Yogi Bear there, but um, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. We're back. And did you forget that a uh, crit is a fox and not a bear? Oh yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today we are here with, of course, the lovely DJ Kafulu, uh, my uh, co-host. And with us today is Nerdskull. You might know him from Twitter. And, uh, well, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just a, I'm just a guy, a random, a random guy, I guess, or, you know, wh- wh- whatever. I, I ended up being part of online politics back because of uh, Gamergate, and I was opposed to all that. And I ended up getting targeted by a lot of bad people, and that ended up getting me quite a bit of attention. And, you know, I'm just... Honestly, it's weird still that people pay attention to me, in my opinion. I I think I'm just a random person, but some people care what I have to say, so, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what's happened to me on uh, Twitter as well. Like, when I joined, I thought I'd never make it to 100 followers now, uh, although I still have fewer than you. I have, like, 1,700 going on 1,800 followers now. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's just weird that so many people are actually interested in, uh, you know, the kinds of things I would say. Uh, So, yeah, that's relatable. Um, Or or maybe you're just... Interesting, I guess. Hmm. Just interesting. Yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but anyway, uh, so uh, so yeah. So do you want to? Um, so uh, as we're recording this episode, um, I don't know when it's going to get released, but as we're recording it, uh, it is uh, the end of um, Trans Week uh, or Trans Awareness Week. Um, yes. Uh, and today is Trans Day of Visibility. So. Uh, so yeah, so uh, does so uh, do any of you uh, have any comments on like the past week's worth? Uh... Um, well, I think a lot of it uh, is similar to uh, lots of other LGB, LGBT events, uh, unfortunately, because uh, a lot of it is kind of like. Uh, uh, not all of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is sadly uh, set in like a corporate light. Yeah, um, yeah, and and so that's that's unfortunately just a side effect of LGB, uh, LGBT awareness in general. Just uh, as LGBT uh, uh, rights are getting more uh, more visible. Um, yeah, it unfortunately gets a lot of corporate. Uh, this 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 corporate side effects, you know. Um, yeah, you uh, know, yeah. I don't know. I I personally feel you know there there's definitely something to be said about how corporations aren't really allies, and you know they're they're mostly in it for the publicity. But honestly, I would rather myself have corporations paying lip service to uh inclusivity and diversity than simply y- y- you know outright supporting bigotry and y- you know well, like yeah yeah things like that it's, it's better than if they were hate it's better than them being like openly bigoted yeah yeah definitely but uh at, at the same time it does i feel like get a little tiresome to see like all of these corporations uh you know pretending uh to and uh 
it kind of does give in a way all this ammunition to like you know bigots who will say like oh well these people aren't oppressed because uh oreo put out a tweet saying they exist (laughs) um or or whatever um so so i I do get tired of that but yeah i I get what you're saying it's it's definitely better than if they were like openly anti uh but it's better than uh, the alternative and i I did talk about this in um about this in the uh episode uh of uh in the episode that i did uh during pride month with uh lunas nocturne uh we we did talk about that a lot about oh yeah how rainbow capitalism on the one hand it is like a sign of how far we've come that you know corporations actually feel you know uh stable enough in this uh to support us uh or that they feel or that like lgb or that's badly phrased i mean that like lgbt rights are well enough like uh accepted that corporations will latch onto it but at the same time uh, there there is the more cynical part of me which realizes that you know it's all just lip service um it's funny that corporations did get on board more or less quicker than the democratic party did in america which is funny it is <laughs> yeah uh and uh uh and of course uh honestly in a lot of ways uh the corporations uh pay more lip service nowadays but but again it's it's all lip service though to be fair the democratic party mostly just plays lip service as well yes it would be cool like i want to go to i want to go to the u.s and i want to buy like a gun that's like painted in rainbow colors you know <laughs> yeah, well here you can do that <laughs> and i want to have and i wanted to shoot and it wanted uh, whenever I shoot it, I wanted to leave like a trail of the trans the trans. Uh, I, I don't I don't know how that works. I, <laughs> I, 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 admit, that. I admit I don't know about much about guns, so I'm really not like an authority on firearms. Hey, but hey, it, it's at, 2021. It's you know. <laughs> you know, it would be cooler though. Would be if you had like a laser weapon of some sort that like shoots lasers in the pride colors. Oh, man, lasers. Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess that could work. Laser. That is very mm-hmm. 2021. That's I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. <laughs> that is very futuristic. Uh, I mean, to, in fairness, the high wattage lasers do exist. Uh, they're just, uh, well, one, they're like one color each, but also they're uh, questionably legal to ship in oh, a lot yeah, of places. Yeah. Uh, I, I do know they exist, but I, I uh, and that you can buy them in some places, but I believe there's laws about it, which kind of <laughs> makes sense given the potential for, you know, accidentally setting things on fire or... Um, we're intentionally setting things on fire. Yeah, that's, so that, on that, some level, it is weird to me that, like, uh, you know, a high wattage laser is harder to get than you know a gun. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, in fairness, there is a reason they come with like a huge warning label. You know. Well, that I get. Yeah. <laughs> like a yellow warning sticker. I, I understand why they have warnings. I just mean it's weird that it's harder to get one than a, a gun. Given oh yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that. Despite, of course, all the dangers of a laser, I'd say a gun's more dangerous. It, it's probably, if I had to guess, because uh, people don't expect lasers to be different, to be that dangerous. Like, they think, oh, it's just like a laser pointer, or, oh, it looks like a flashlight, therefore it is one, but it, it's more dangerous than this one. Might be a, this, this might be a fun subject uh, to explore for a little bit. Like, Nurskull, what do you feel about, like, uh, leftism in general and, and weapons <laughs> and firearms? Well, I'm personally armed. I got armed because I was receiving a lot of uh, death threats at one point online. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I'm I'm definitely of the opinion that, you know, especially in America, if if chuds are going to have guns, you should probably have guns. 
Definitely, yeah. Uh, I do agree. So, uh, so I guess my position is yes. I recognize that you know some people uh, it's necessary to have uh, have those weapons, and I'm not trying to like suggest taking them away or telling anyone to disarm. Uh, however, I will say that in general, I'm not a huge fan of guns, and I, I wish we didn't have to do that. Oh like yeah, in an ideal I, world. I, I wish we wouldn't have to. Like personally, I, I don't. World, yeah. <laughs> like personally, I, I don't own a gun. Uh, largely because uh, I uh, well, mainly it's because I, I feel like where I live, most people don't have them. Wait, so you're, you're you're American and you don't have a gun. <gasps> shocking, shocking. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't own a gun. Oh um, I, I've actually never used one. Um, oh wow. Oh, uh, we can shake hands then. Well. Not with COVID, but we can figuratively uh, shake hands because well, well, yeah, we we can shake hands. You don't have to like shake the barrel of the gun or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, or uh, so I, I admit that I, I'm not like an expert on firearms for that reason. So there, I admit I have in the past considered considered uh, it, but at, at present I I don't currently carry a weapon because I, personally it would just make me more nervous. Yeah, yeah me too. there's something to be said for that. I mean, I've also seen, you know, there, there's also the question of, you know, there are some people out there who, you know, like probably shouldn't be armed just for their own, uh, be, for their own mental health. You know, yeah, I, I don't think yes. my mental health is necessarily a danger, but I do think that like carrying a, a gun would make me really nervous. So that's like another reason that I, I don't have one. Yeah. Um and uh it, it's possible that could change in the future, but as of now, you know, I, I don't own one and I'm 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 admittedly not a huge fan of guns. Yeah. Uh like I'll, I'll admit, and this is a controversial take, that one thing I don't really like uh is how there's a certain segment of the left that has gone beyond like, you know, arming themselves and has kind of gone into like the sort of gun fetishism that the right wing does. <laughs> yeah. Like you'll see like this like uh, you know, like uh, these people, you know, doing sexy poses with guns, and it's like that. I'm just not. Yeah, a like fan poop of. girl. <laughs> like I, I, I really. Well, I mean, there's like some leftists who will do that as well. Um, yeah, but, I've, I've definitely seen that around. I mean, like, and, I, and I admit I'm not a fan of it. It's like just because your enemies are doing one aesthetic doesn't mean you have to. Personally, uh, I. So I'm not the hugest fan of guns in general, but I do kind of like you know, target shooting or trap shooting, things like sure, that. Sure, and I'm, sure, and I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. What I'm saying is I, I'm not a fan of, like, the gun fetishism aesthetic. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what, I mean. what you mean. There, There's a difference between, like, having guns as a hobby in a responsible way or and then being, you know, a gun humper. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's humper. exactly what I mean. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone, you know, having guns for you know their protection or for a uh, hobby or anything like that. What, but uh, I'm not a fan of like the whole gun humper thing. I think that's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, uh, there's also like uh, shooting ranges over here, which I feel kind of obliged to mention because like a lot of Americans always assume that there's no no such thing as guns in. in well, I, I know there's. Well, I, I've been to Europe, although not specifically the Netherlands, and I did notice a lot fewer people had guns. Um, yeah, like I don't what, think I saw yeah. any person um, open carrying. Although admittedly, I, can, I though admittedly I, I live in a part of the U.S. where not many people have uh, uh, guns, or at least don't really tend to open carry them. Well, um, I, I can only speak for the Netherlands, but um, in the Netherlands, you have to have a license for it. You have to have a permit, and mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. Actually, you just you need a you need a, a permit for for a gun. And you, uh, most people who 
have a permit there, hunters. I, I would, uh, I would imagine like so. Permit, uh, from what yeah. I can tell, from what I've seen, most countries don't have like the the same uh, number of guns that the U.S. has. Like here, there's more guns than people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the Netherlands with bicycles. <laughs> in, the, in the Netherlands, there's more bicycles than people. That's actually mm. a fact. <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of funny because I know that when I visited Hawaii, I noticed that there were a lot of gun ranges that were catering to tourists from Japan and China and stuff like that. That were <laughs> it's actually hyper illegal to own guns in Japan just in general. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, like, when people come over to America, like, yeah, I want to shoot a gun. <laughs> well, it's it's like, uh, well, well, yeah, I, I get that. I get that, like people from countries that don't have something might want it. Like, uh, uh, for instance, I've noticed that, like, in a city uh, that I used to go to a fair amount for work, uh, that there were always a lot of foreign tourists taking pictures of like squirrels and pigeons uh, because <laughs> uh, people were. Uh, because you know in their country they don't have those and and I, I get being excited about it like when i travel places i also take lots of pictures of like everyday pictures? stuff in that country that they're using oh, when i go to japan i take pictures of things like uh you know just like random crap in convenience stores and stuff like that uh, i've never been to japan yeah. nor have i no I've, I've really never been to asia at all I, I i'd like to go at some point but i haven't been Same. i try to go to japan once every few years i i lived there for a year in college and fell in love with it and so i i tried to spend uh my large vacations going to japan and i really enjoy it it's, it's so, so uh really... do you speak japanese uh, a little bit i'm i can get oh. by i'm trying to get better i'm i'm studying kanji actively to expand my vocabulary mm -hmm. Now, uh, kanji is uh, the the uh, Chinese characters that are adopted into it, right? Correct. They're the ideographic ones. Hmm. D to me, that's always seemed like it would probably be like the hardest part of studying, like uh, Japanese or Korean. Yes, it it kind of is. Uh, Korean. So, honestly, Korean doesn't use. Uh, the, the... Uh, it uses hanja very rarely. It used to yeah, be more rarely. common. Like only yeah. for like historical. Only for like maybe? place names and uh, yeah. names and like certain ambiguous vocabulary. From what I know of Korean, I, I don't speak it. But more or less with Japan, like Japanese, like basically studying kanji replaces spelling, more or less. <laughs> Fair, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like shorthand, I guess. Well, it's it's just they don't have like the equivalent of a of like spelling and phonics and stuff like that, which we have in in Romance language or European mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. so uh, does does that mean that uh, if Japan uses uh, kanji that way, uh, do they have the uh, same sort of system of uh, radicals that Chinese does, like for sorting? Yes, they kind of do, though. Uh, the, there's not as many kanji in Japanese as there are uh, uh, I think is how they pronounce it. Uh, I believe yeah, in China they're referred to as hanzi, yeah. Yeah. Hanzi, <laughs> not, yeah. not Hanzi. <laughs> so sorry, sorry, I, I don't speak Chinese. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, but they, there's there's about ten times as many Hanzi as there are kanji. <laughs> uh, that's also not getting into the differences. There's also a difference in uh, stroke order a lot of times between yeah, the Japanese. Yeah. And... There's, there's you know like simplified Chinese and traditional Chinese, which complicates it further. And <laughs> yeah. And like Japanese also has okay, so like a few uh, of the uh, simplified Chinese characters are shared between the two, and then Japanese also has its own simplified characters on top of that. 
and which, also, which are like and unique to Japan. Japanese. Also, there's there's generally a Chinese reading, which is generally a kind of butchered uh, Japanese version of the Chinese reading of the kanji, and then there's oh, no. uh, Japanese reading of the kanji, the kumiomi, which uh, is is different as well. <laughs> it's, Japanese sounds so difficult to me. I'm learning Chinese, and that's like difficult enough. Yeah, yeah I, all the languages I've studied have like uh, have you know. Uh, either alphabetic or abjad writing systems. So I, I admit I'm not that familiar with logographic scripts. Like <laughs> right now, I'm like right now I'm learning Russian. Yeah, yeah. Привет. <laughs> I don't know very much much Russian. I think I know like a couple phrases. <laughs> no, yes and no. Да. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and нет. Um, and yet. Uh, uh, it has such a cool ring to it, though. I have to admit. Yeah, I I like the word "yet." It's a it's a very good. Yet. In contrast, I don't really like the default word for for no in. Uh, and "privet." I think "privet" means cheers. It means hi. Huh? Yeah. Oh hi. hi. Oh. "Privet" is like a, a greeting. I mean, it means like hi or hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's like a it's like a more informal greeting. A more formal greeting would be like like "zdravstvuite." Uh, which which literally means uh, like uh, health to you or be healthy. Isn't the drinking uh, toast prost or something like that? Uh, I actually don't know. I, I admit I have not been to many Russian uh, This uh, sounds Russian more like Dutch, events. I think. We, we, say, right. we say prost over here. Hmm. And in, in German, that would be prost. <laughs> 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 but uh, to... yeah, Anyway, we've we've gotten a little bit on. We have, yeah, yeah. Sorry, about that sidetrack there. I, I just like talking about language. I, I me too. I love me a good sidetrack. That's why my other podcast is named after that. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, languages are a really interesting topic. Uh, honestly, like I, one of the reasons I like Japanese so much is because so many words kind of come with their own etymology because of the kanji. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, like this is kind of like a weeb thing, but like there, there's a lot of constructed words. Like, uh, like one of the the things that made me want to learn kanji just was when I found out that that the the Japanese word uh, that they used for alchemists and Full Metal Alchemist was uh, <laughs> Renkinjutsu, which just is literally Gold Transformation Technique Master. <laughs> and, it is a uh, little bit weeby, I'm not gonna lie, but uh yeah. And so like uh so I, I started to uh but you know there's a lot of also just like just fun things about kanji that are that are just like, oh, this word has a strange etymology, but it totally makes sense if you think about it right. I I I have this I have the same thing about uh about Chinese. Wherever like uh, I've talked to someone from uh, Beijing, and so we had lots of fun just going over like Mandarin, Mandarin things. And then she asked me like, "So, what made you want to learn Chinese?" And I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> it's just it's such a difficult question. It's just like, well, really, you, you, you kind of just want to say like, oh, well, I really like. I, I think the culture is really interesting. I think the you know, etc. I just I just think it's really interesting, but." In your head, of course, you want to think of like a, a more interesting answer than that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like for me, like I just 
uh, was interested in uh, Japanese because it seemed like the most accessible uh, Asian culture and language out there. And I wanted to do something really different from English and European languages. Yeah, like, same here. Yeah. So I, I wanted to try something something that's really out there. And so like, you know, for younger people who I'm talking to and, you know, who are in college, I always encourage them to, you know, go study abroad in some non-English speaking country if you get the chance during college. Yeah. Do it because you'll you're, you're not going to get it. You're almost certainly not going to get a chance to do something like that later in life, and it it's it's a really good experience. Yeah, the same the same thing uh, applies to me as well. When I started like picking a new language to learn, I love languages, and um, so of course uh, I, I was very quickly interested in like Asian languages, and I've also laid my eyes on like the Nordic languages. I think those are really interesting too. I've had like Danish friends, and but whenever I think of those, I always think to myself like, okay, if I go to Denmark or anywhere else here in like uh, Europe, most people like realistically can always just speak English yeah. really yeah, well. Yeah, that's definitely you know? <laughs> an issue. <laughs> like, yeah, this there's no there's no real reason to learn it. This just like Dutch, you know. Just, blatantly honest here like there's no real reason to learn dutch unless you're just really into languages well i mean i guess maybe if there was like literature or something you wanted to read yeah yeah of course um, and the same goes uh, unfortunately also goes for like the nordic languages like yeah uh, you know a lot of those people are just really good at english so every uh, swedish uh, person i know speaks really good english sorry every swedish person i know speaks really good english oh yeah 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 they and, do. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the reason I decided to learn Russian um, was it was between Russian and Norwegian, and I, I picked Russian uh, partially for that reason, but also just because Russian has a lot more speakers. But it was mostly because oh, yeah. I wanted to read like... Uh, it was less because I like was planning to go to Russia. I don't think it would be very safe for me to go to Russia right oh. now. Uh, <laughs> it was not because I was planning to go to Russia. It was because I more because I thought it would be interesting and I wanted to read like some Russian, um, some Russian books and stuff uh, uh, in the original language. Um, but also because, uh, but also because uh, Russian. So it is an Indo-European language. So it has like some things in common with English, but it's like definitely more distant like the, the grammar is definitely very different like you know it has noun cases uh, which english doesn't have anymore um it has three genders grammatically from what i understand german is trying to uh get rid of at least one of the the uh oh, cases really? of nouns oh hallelujah <laughs> Jesus. but but not uh, all of them i i, I think wait, I, which one are they trying to get rid of out of curiosity i think i, think I heard it was like the dative yeah, that would make sense. The, uh, for for any listeners who aren't aware, the dative case is the one you use for the indirect object, you know, who you're doing an action for or to. Like, if I have a sentence like, I gave him the letter, him is the uh, is the indirect object, mm -hmm. so that would be in the dative. Uh, but yeah, that, that I guess would be a case you could probably get rid of and use like a preposition for the way that English does. Uh uh, have you yeah, ever read yeah. the uh, the polemic about how bad German is that Mark Twain wrote? Uh, I have uh, not I, read it actually. Uh, <laughs> I don't speak German, so well, it's called I, the I, awful I, German language, and it's written in English, and it's actually a really fun little uh, little read. 
Uh, yeah, well, I've grown. My, my German is pretty bad right now because I barely like. I rarely get the chance to like speak it nowadays. And mm. but but I really don't like German. Like the more I like have to interact with German, the more frustrating it is in my opinion. <laughs> As for like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I don't I, speak German, but if I recall correctly, uh, in in German the case is, uh, it's mostly for like the articles, like der, den, yes. des. Yes. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that all wrong, but well, uh, yeah, but yeah. you you also do have to decline the nouns as well. Uh, yeah, because Russian has no articles, so it's all in the nouns and and the adjectives. Uh, so but yeah, so I, I heard in German it was about the articles. Um. Russian, it would be very hard to get rid of the case system, but because, uh, well, it conveys a lot of information because there's six different, well, there's six main ones in Russian, then there's like a bunch of minor ones that only exist for certain words or are like debatably just versions of the other. Like, uh, for instance, uh, the, uh, like the locative case is debatably just a version of the prepositional case, um, yeah, I can see how a language that has fewer cases might get rid of it, but in Russian it would be kind of hard to do so. Although there are Slavic languages that got rid of their case systems. Like, if I recall correctly, Bulgarian doesn't really have cases anymore, or it's so middle. So, as, as, as fellow like language nerds, um, what are y'all's opinion on uh, inter, inter-Slavic? Uh, my opinion on inter-Slavic is I don't speak it. Uh, I think it's an interesting idea for sure, uh, but I don't think it will get widespread uh, use because, well, uh, use, uh, but I think it's kind of an interesting idea. I, I don't speak inter-Slavic for what it's worth, uh, and I haven't really studied it. But I think it's kind of an interesting idea that the whole field of like international auxiliary languages has a rather interesting history, even if none of them seem to really work out. It kind, of, it's kind of like constructed languages almost like actually my roommate is uh you know like he, he sometimes you know just throws in an esperanto word every so often but right now he's playing around with this constructed language called tokipona which is like oh i, I oh uh oh me tokia tokipona <laughs> well, that means I, that means I speak Tokipona in Tokipona. What is that? That, that, that means I, I that means I speak Tokipona. Yeah, but, but Tokipona. what is that language? I'm, I'm uh, so it's a it. it's a like heavily minimalist language that only has like around a hundred some words and is supposed to uh, you know uh, cause people to have to like simplify things to talk about them and is supposed to be sort of philosophical for that reason. Uh, okay. Like, uh, it, it's only got, like, a hundred-some words, so, like, you have to come up with oh. a lot of compounds to describe things, uh, and the grammar is, like, extremely simple, and it's, it's sort of like an experiment in, like, how simple can a language be while still, you know, being a language. So, uh, so like, you'll get, like, lo- so, like, there's lots of words that could mean lots of different things, like, uh, uh, like, for instance, uh, a word like telo could mean like water or it could mean any liquid uh, or you could add modifiers. Like for instance, telo loye uh, would mean red water, which would mean blood typically. Or, uh, yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of Chinese, honestly. Uh, well, <laughs> they, they kind of have actually like this weird thing where like there's not very many very specific nouns in the language. Like there's, w- there's one uh, word that is just like referring to any animal. Yes, so, so really. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Um, uh, yeah, uh, and, 
Although it doesn't technically, although it can technically refer to any animal, it usually refers to just land mammals because, like, there's separate mm. words for uh, reptiles, uh, akesi, or as the official book defines it, any non cute animal. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, there's a different word for a bird, uh, which is a waso, or an insect, pipi, or a fish, uh, kala. So there are, but yeah, soeli can also just be a general term for animals. So it means like if you want to refer to a more specific animal, uh, you'd have to put on a modifier. Like for instance, soeli tomo might mean like a pet or a dog uh, or a cat um, and would mean like, because it would mean like animal of the house or house animal. Mm -hmm. Like Uh, domestic animal. Yeah, or yeah, because tomo means like house or building. Uh, But like, what kind of roots? Uh, as far as I know, most of the roots are from Finnish. Oh, oh boy. Uh, oh, that's very difficult. <laughs> which is interesting because Finnish uh, is extremely grammatically complex. It has like 20 noun cases yeah, or something. That's what I'm told, yeah. Uh, I don't speak Finnish, so I might be wrong. Any Finnish speakers listening, uh, pl- I please, I apologize for if I'm wrong about that. Um, <laughs> but The only thing I know about Finnish is that they like their double vowels. Yet, yeah, yeah, yeah Tokipona doesn't like, do that because like Tokipona also has like a super simplified phonology. Uh, and uh, when you like put your name in Tokipona, you're supposed to simplify that as well to fit it. Uh, so like, uh, like since there's no letter R, a name like uh, Rachel would probably be rendered as like Wase or Lasse because oh. because uh, the <laughs> R and the CH sounds don't exist in it. Um, Interesting. I know. I also. Oh, I also know that uh, a lot of surnames in Finnish end in N E N, but that's about it. Yeah, I'd imagine, I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine that's like a case thing, like how, um, you know, a lot of Russian surnames end in like off, uh, because that's like the plural genitive ending. Gotcha. Anyway, (laughs) so, uh, so, so yeah, the, uh, uh, trying to, uh, circle back around to, uh, trans issues, I guess. Yeah, sorry, we got (laughs) sidetracked there. There's a reason my other podcast is literally named after that. (laughs) Uh, Something I need to get out of the way. Okay, uh, this is the, uh, the, the, the age-old question that we need to ask, and that is, who would win between you or Sean? The fight between the leftist skulls. Uh, well, just uh, in terms of who has more clout and influence, it's definitely Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that would be easy, but <laughs> yeah, but that's not really so, like a fair uh, in general. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like people have like compared me to Sean in the past, and you know, like I usually it's just in a kind of teasing way, and I I'm I'm fine with that, but like. Like every so often, like somebody's like, "Oh, Sean sucks," or like something like that, and I'm, I'm like, "I, I don't want to pick that fight." <laughs> you Do know? they really like? Why, why, why should they like directly compare? Yeah, yeah. You? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I just did it for fun, obviously, because <laughs> you're both skulls. Yeah, yeah. Also, both skulls with glasses, but oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that's a good point. Uh, for for me, like uh, actually, the the skull kind of came about because like, uh, before I was using my real life picture for a while, and oh, uh, then I started using uh some other pictures. Like somebody, 
uh, like, uh, gave me a picture of, like, uh, a fan art of, of the, of, of Nappa from Dragon Ball Z going Super Saiyan, and he had this giant blonde, uh, blonde beard. Somebody said it looked <laughs> like me, so I used that one. And then I used, uh, uh, uh Sans Undertale as an avatar for a while, and that stuck. Oh boy, of course. <laughs> uh, and then, like, after a while, I'm like, okay, I want to get something that's me, but still retains, like, the Sans flavor, so I got the Skull Icon, which I still use. Yeah, I I I think like Sans from Undertale like marks the like uh, the the resurgence of uh, of of, uh, of skull avatars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. at least among lefties. Yeah, I, I guess specifically among lefties, you think or probably. Well, more it's that like right wingers have skull avatars, but it's always like the Punisher skull. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, because they completely failed to understand the message of that one, as usual. Yep. It's oh. kind of like um, when when people talk. Uh, I've seen like uh, right wingers like share like stupid right wing memes, and they would add like something from RoboCop in in, in it. And it's like, this movie does not say what you think it says. You well, know? Yeah, well they, like, they misinterpret all the movies. It, it's like they watch yeah. Fight Club and they think that means that it's, you know, cool to be, you know, Tyler Durden rather than yeah. realizing it's, it's like there's the, the movie. There's, the there's the famous one where you have, you know, fucking Ant-Man saying, I bet you think Robocop is political. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... Uh... That really yes yes it is yeah it is very much political yeah and, and it doesn't it does not say like it's 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 so satirical like if you watch the movie it's very satirical it it does not like praise the police system at all you know well it's like judge dread as well like you yes. know yeah 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 completely yeah. failed to see the message of judge dread i mean yes it is kind of mean with the guy going law <laughs> yeah. still yeah, or uh, or another example of this that I was talking about the other day is Rorschach. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yes. like it's very clearly not someone you're supposed to base your sense of ethics on. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, um, like uh, you're really not supposed to, but people see that. Or, or uh, or like I was saying with Fight Club, or uh, where people think it's like something that exalts that when really it's you know a criticism of toxic masculinity. Um. Uh, or my favorite of these misinterpretations being uh, how they being like the whole like Matrix red pill thing. Oh yeah, uh, of course, yeah. Where they say like <laughs> take the take like that they took the red pill or whatever, and it's like that does not mean what you think it means. No. <laughs> yep. Uh, or or like this came up in like the recent um, Lily Cade thing uh, where she said that. Oh no. There's also the whole thing with you know like. Uh, right wingers appropriating various animes and stuff like that. Hmm. My, I think my favorite was like I saw like some dude in like Tradcath Twitter using Edward Elric as his avatar, and I'm like, come on, like <laughs> not familiar he, with that anime, but he he's probably one of the only big name atheist heroes in all of fiction. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, that that one's an interesting one. Oh man, I I love it when when, when like uh, right wing grifters just own themselves, you know. Hmm. But uh, yeah. So anyway, kind of circling back to I guess trans visibility and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like personally, I, I guess I should 
uh, start this out by saying that, you know, like, technically, you, uh, most trans people would probably consider me trans, or at least an egg. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, wait, but, but like, uh, I thought an egg meant, like, someone who wasn't quite aware of it yet, or was in <laughs> denial of it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for, for me, the situation is kind of like, more or less, I know, but I don't plan to socially transition ever. You're just like a... There should be a name for that, like a post-egg or something. You know? So I, I think that means, like... Well, I, I think that would be, like, being in the closet, then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because, so. uh, like... Yeah, I had a kind of weird experience when I was younger. And, you know, if I, if I had... If there were more trans visibility when I was, you know, younger and at the age where I felt that I, I feel that I could have, you know, more credibly gone through the process of transitioning, I would probably be, uh, be openly trans by now. <laughs> hmm. It's, it's just one of those things where like, you know, when I, when I was younger and like thinking about these things, I more or less got gatekept out of, trans identity from uh you know i hate to do the whole centrist thing but i got gate kept out of it from both sides yeah unfortunately uh -huh. that is a thing uh, there are the, people in the community who will do that yeah and so like i didn't know you know like cool lefty trans people who are tolerant of things until like i was in my 30s so uh you, you know back when i was like you know uh in my late teens and was thinking about this stuff i i never I, 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 I didn't know any trans people who were supportive of of somebody like me having that identity. You know, hmm. is it is it is it like a, a regret that you have? I guess uh, kind of. Yeah, I mean, like I, I kind of wish that I had that. I mean, like nowadays, it's kind of like one of those things where, uh, where, you know, like I don't, I don't feel like I could could do it anymore. And you know, I have more or less too much to lose. I have a cushy cis passing wife, and so I I kind of uh I I can deal with uh with the you know the dysphoria or whatever uh using the things that I have classically done. And so I, I feel like it's probably better for me to keep my cushy cis passing life and just deal rather than go turn my life upside down to transition. I mean, if it, if it doesn't like eat you up, I guess. That's, that's, uh... Well, yeah, there, there's um, there's no shame in that, um, and uh, like, it's, it's just the calculus doesn't make sense for me. You know? I, I, yeah, I, I get it, and I, I know it is like a big thing, and it's it's not for for everyone at every stage. Um, uh, I, I get it, um, and and that's that's fine. I, I don't think of you any lesser for that or anything. Hmm. Um, so uh, as for uh, this week of awareness and visibility, I guess my uh, comment on it is, so I, what I feel like is kind of awareness at this point that we exist, it, it isn't enough. Um, uh, I, I feel like people need to be aware of what's specifically happening regarding uh, transphobia. Like, I know there's a lot of people there who, you know, want to be allies and want to be supportive, but, you know, they just really don't know what to do for that. Like, well, they don't mm -hmm. know what we're facing, and I, I think they kind of need to know that. Well, there's also the fact that with transphobes themselves, you know, like, 
my running joke is that none of none of the people who really excuse me, well, none of the people who really you know like hate trans people or whatever seem to have really talked to very many trans people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, they, talking they, about how gender ideology is reinforcing gender stereotypes and, you know, whatever, just like, you know, all the, the turf rhetoric. And it's like, I have never met a trans person who... By the way, um, if somebody mentions, uh, uh, quote, gender ideology, uh, that term has been uh, qualified by the UN, I believe, as, as, uh, as a term that was coined by... Right-wing evangelical. Oh yeah, it definitely was. It, it's it's you know a modernized version of like the gay agenda or yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, it, it's you know this idea of like some sort of conspiracy or ideology. But the the real point of it is to to frame uh, mm. trans people as you know it, the existence as uh, in ideology itself, uh, or yeah. that like so that they can say you know oh I I don't. I don't hate them. I just don't believe their ideology. You know, the same thing yeah. homophobes have been, you know, saying about gay people for literally, uh, for, you know, decades now. Um, what I'm, now, what I'm uh, trying like to... when they'll talk about like the gay agenda or the gay ideology or whatever, or what, the what, gay lifestyle. What, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like, uh, whenever somebody mentions gender, ident- gender ideology, that is, uh, basically just like, uh, uh, like a right-wing dog whistle. It's not just a term they, they use. It is, uh, you know, that that is a term that was actively coined by... Yeah, it, uh, it definitely is a dog group. whistle for, like, conspiracy theories and stuff. Like, uh, I think something that's really come to light somewhat over the past year, but still needs, like, wider awareness is how, how deep, you know, a lot of these transphobes are in conspiracy theories. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like there's the there's the whole thing. Like you have uh, a lot of these transphobes who are explicitly buying into like Soros conspiracy, yeah, yeah. and going into anti-vax stuff with big pharma. I yeah, mean, like if, if you look at like the accounts that documented on Twitter, like you know GC anti-vaxxers, GC anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. you, you see like a ton of this, um, and this is definitely like a huge jumping-off point for the far right. And I feel like a lot of like cis people who are broadly supportive of trans people really don't know this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, uh, uh, like, like I think cis allies need to be aware of what we're up against, and that means understanding that like our enemies. That it, it's not just that they that they don't like us. It's that they're you know buying into like all of these like right wing conspiracy theories. Like, uh, like I, I talked uh, about this before with with Vivian. Um, I, I believe you were there for that as well, Rachel. Oh, yeah, I think um, so. yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I I talked about that as well with Vivian, and it, it's like uh, these are people who are you know getting inducted into like this right wing sort of cult structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is, uh, especially because uh, Vivian was like she's pretty much like I don't, I don't want to use this word like too lightly, but I think she's pretty much like an expert on uh, cult. Yeah, yeah, she she know, researches so. this stuff. Yeah, she re- researches uh, cults. I think uh, it is very similar. That's also why um, I think it's important to uh, for cis allies to to know more about these things. Like yeah. if you if you talk to and and a lot of this uh, a lot of people might just discredit all of it. Like oh, it's just Twitter drama. But I actually think that like it is quite dangerous when you uh, when a cis ally who is uh, who otherwise has like a lot of good intentions 
uh, does not see a lot of the dangers that are that that we are openly uh, submitting uh, ourselves to often, uh, especially on like platforms like Twitter. Uh, you know, because like 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 for example, a lot of uh, these allies don't even know what a GC is. You know, they don't. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I tried to explain, and of that's course, honestly, I think part of it is that they don't believe us when we say like how deep this goes. Like like when you say like if if some and admittedly, I I kind of get that. Like if someone told me that there's like some group of people who are convinced that George Soros is uh, making big money off of turning their kids trans. I'd think, mm -hmm. I'd think, no, that doesn't exist. You're making it up. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's too ridiculous because like, it, it's hard to believe that people are that, that out there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it is, <laughs> so but like, they are. And it, it's like, I think this happens with, this happened with like a lot of liberals during like the Trump administration when they were like, oh, well, Pizzagate, QAnon, whatever. It's all like, you know, just a conspiracy theory. No one's really believing that. But really, th these theories are quite dangerous, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And, you know, like, and it's, it's even further than that, you know, like if you, if you try to tell people that, you know, like like a lot of these uh quote unquote gc people are you know based around mumsnet and then you connect you you talk about the connection to you know like the nazi stalking and doxing sites that mumsnet is actually factually connected mm -hmm. uh yeah. it's like like it it almost sounds like you're being paranoid even though it's the truth it, yeah, it does that, that, yeah that makes a lot of the and, and that makes a lot of the lip service that like these companies give uh that much more painful, you know, uh, because they, yeah. they, they'll they'll say something like, yeah, "Well, you know, we're like, pro trans rights." It's uh, like no one's going because, like, admittedly, a website that's like supposedly for for you know mothers is not the first place people are going to think of. Also, because I think a lot of uh, a lot of people don't quite recognize the role of you know. Uh, white women in uh you know fascist movements like oh, yeah, people think of it as just a male thing and while it's true that in general there it, men are more likely to hold like these far-right views th there is like a fair amount out there for like far-right women oh, and man. they definitely do play like a role in this like, oh, such, I mean, a, such a frustrating is like the uh is the archetype oh, yeah. Yeah, she she is. Uh, but even like today, you you look at like like if you remember the capital uh the capital incident uh where they invaded the capital and it's like uh, Ashley Babbitt for instance uh like like women definitely can and do get radicalized and involved mm -hmm, in like yeah. these uh in like these far right movements. Well, there's it's, a um, Fox sorry. News hires these pretty attractive blonde ladies to oh, yeah. <laughs> out you know this far right rhetoric, you know. Yeah, and, and it, it goes back further than that. Like, if you look at, like, the Nazis and, like, their ideal of, like, what an Aryan woman should look like. Oh, yeah, the Kinderkusche Kirche. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you look back to, like, the, the original Nazis, or if you look back at, like, other uh, nationalist movements uh, throughout, uh, throughout history, or, or today, if you look at, uh, on a higher level, if you look at, like, the... Uh, extreme right-wing uh women who are in congress right now like marjorie taylor green who is one of like the furthest right politicians in the united states probably at least at the national level well, and you have like the really you, you know like she's still struggling for relevance but you know you do have people like ann coulter out there and michelle yeah. Malkin, you know stuff like yeah. that uh, yeah and uh yeah or if uh like at one point uh like 
something I've studied in the past, and I don't pay as much attention anymore, but I studied like what was going on with like the manosphere, you know, like the MRAs <laughs> and the incels. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of horrifying, uh, which is kind of why I, you know, moved away from studying it. Obviously, I was never a part of it. Uh, but to be clear, I, I studied it from the outside. Uh, mm. But uh, part of the reason I, I did that is because I, so I could understand that. Uh, and what I came to understand is that there definitely is also a role that women play in that. Uh, like you see like uh, these women who uh, they'll use to like say, oh, well, this is why feminism is bad. See, a woman oh, said it. We're not misogynists. Yeah, it's the, it's, I, it's the whole, uh, if you know uh, a voice from men, you know, it's the whole honey. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the honey badgers. Uh, or, you know, uh, or you look at reasons or, that uh, I ended up being primed to uh, recognize Gamergate for what it was so quickly is because I actually kind of studied the manosphere for a while uh, myself. I actually ended up lurking on uh, who uh, uh, we hunted the mammoth. Uh, well, I, I know that one like, oh, about I, MRAs. Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, D- David Futrell, uh, he he does good work, I think. Um, uh, I, I, I'm familiar with his blog. I, I don't really spend much time there. Uh, but uh, he... Or, uh, but, yeah. Uh, and uh, or if, to give another example, Christina Hoff Sommers. Yep, she's another one. Uh, and I, I think a lot of that exact same thing that we see with someone like Hoff Sommers is what we're seeing in the GC movement. We're seeing like these right wing women, uh, you know, masquerading as feminists, uh, but mostly, you know, attacking any actual or, or other feminists um, of course. Uh, to push like patriarchal ideas. Like, I, I think you could definitely compare like someone like Kathleen Stock to uh Christina Hoff Summers. Like, I don't know if you noticed it, but like earlier today, there was a picture from the news making the rounds on Twitter where Stock pointed out that, you know, her uh, most of her critics were women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just totally shoots the whole like GC claim that they're like the voice of women uh, oh, yeah. to, to pieces. It, it just totally blows that, which we knew anyway, because mm, women yeah, are significantly uh, more likely to be uh, but, um, trans-inclusive uh, one thing, than men. Um, one thing I would really like to mention is uh, the fact that like uh, a lot of GCs love they love to bring up this this like when you browse uh, Mumsnet like like I do like a lot of uh, a lot of people there always say like well you know you can't be afraid of us like but because like we don't do the violence oh yeah as if, yeah as if as if calling for violence is totally not the same as you know as uh perpetuating the violence yourself you know uh, yeah it's still uh, and, just as bad you and know, that's if... yeah and it, it's it's also hiding behind like these patriarchal ideas of women as you know good and pure and uh not doing that versus men as like evil and and violent and when we and the way that you know as a result uh and and the way that that's perpetuating patriarchy um where it's like how they platformed, you know, a literal serial rapist uh, who, mm, yeah, uh, you know, went off about how she wanted to murder people. Um, and uh, yet they still, you know, didn't get nearly as much attention as it should have because of that patriarchal idea. It's benevolent sexism, really. It's, yeah, it's it benevolent sexism. This idea that women, you know, aren't going to commit violence, that uh, it's violence, uh, that... It, and at the same time, it's like, 
even if we were to take that claim at face value, it's like very clear that there's a lot of men in the GC movement. And a lot of those men, uh, I don't know if they're violent in the real world necessarily, but online, they're definitely abusive. Oh, like yeah, I've definitely. seen it happen that like GC men will be some of like the most abusive people I've seen online. And granted, that's like in comparison to like, you know, open fascist incels, MRAs, all that a lot of times that Venn diagram is, is a bit circular. It but. is, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, especially if you happen to be, you know, a former comedy writer. Uh, oh, yeah. Who uh, now subsists on Carbonara, for one. Um, and uh, yeah, a, certain, a certain divorced uh, man. Yes, the, the most, the most. Only the, <laughs> only the most divorced man. The, just the, the most divorcedest. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like Donald Trump, you know, like we, we have the best divorces. <laughs> yeah, only the best divorces. Uh, and and the, the, the thing about and it's like you do see this pattern where like GC women will like call in these GC male allies, quote unquote, uh, to do to be more abusive. So um, I always see that. And I just think that, you, you know, essentially these these uh, these guys have found a class of women who other women will applaud them for, for pointing misogyny at. Oh yeah, very much. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah, very much. I, I think it's exactly that. Uh, I think it's that they are indeed misogynists who, uh, have latched onto this and who, uh, well, they, they realized that like they can be misogynistic so long as it's directed at this very specific subgroup of women. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that is like, uh, that is like trans women and uh, cis women who aren't transphobic. Uh, in particular, they really attack cis lesbians who uh, are trans inclusive. I've yep. noticed. Uh, and, and it's like, uh, like uh, I, I see that. And it's like, they can claim to be a feminist and, you know, shield themselves from, you know, criticism from that angle. And it, it's really gross when you think about it. Mm. It is. Uh, I think... Uh, and I think more allies need to be aware of this dynamic. Because, like, yeah. I think your average, like, cis person who uh, says they're an ally might not know about this. No, most of them don't. Uh, well, they, they probably... You know, but even so, even without, without even including the GC men... You know, a lot of the GC women are, in fact, rather violent. You, you they know, are, yeah. Like there's, Posey you know, Parker, you know, of that of that woman assaulting a trans woman at Pride, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, just pulling her by the hair and trying to pull her down to the ground. Yeah, or uh, the time oh, yeah, I think that, uh, one. yeah. Or, or of course, there's the Cade thing, or there's the time Posey Parker called for like called for armed men in women's bathrooms and. All that and and they will try yeah, but they'll, to they'll and, say but like it, oh well these are just words you know they'll yeah or or uh, alternatively but or alternatively they'll say like oh but uh, or they'll insist that like I don't know that person but then at the same time you know they'll have like a collage of like seventy random faceless sock of like seventy random faceless sock accounts that I've never seen before that supposedly are you know trans people or allies who are you know sending death threats to J.K. Rowling and expect uh, you know to hold uh, all the trans people ever responsible for that. Oh yeah, and then they'll say and then they'll say like, well, you're sending 
Yeah, you're making kids uh, see por pornographic images, and it's like kids should not be on Twitter. Kids should not kids be on Twitter be on for Twitter. sure. Uh, like, but but even but uh, even then, it's also that like they will that like they have this very one way view of uh, you know any sort of collective responsibility or group uh, or like uh, group uh, accountability. Uh, where, you know, if it's anyone on their side, they'll be like, oh, I, I don't know that person. Uh, you know, if you ask them oh, about, yeah. like, Posey Parker or uh, then, Jennifer. Then you're like, it's like, oh, I don't know any any GCs who are anti-Semites. And then they have a, you know, a freaking uh, banner that has Magdalene Burns on it. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. yeah. They'll say, like, well, she was a formidable uh, feminist. You know, yeah, she's, or, she's, or, or, yeah, or a, a very brave lesbian who, you know, happened yeah. to believe that George and, Soros and runs the world. Ask, ask them, like, ask them for, like, one video of Magdalene Burns saying anything feminist. You can't find <laughs> it. She didn't do anything for feminism except just complain about trans people existing. Which and I think that's the case for most of the, the GC movement is that they don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, like, like, you'll look oh, at these people. The the thing. What? What have they done for for gay rights? Oh, look, I found a list right here. Uh, here's the start of the list. Oh, and here's the end of it. That was a good list. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful list, yes. Yep. Quality list. They, it's, it's, just, it's just really, really strange to me because, like, I just can't understand why any of them do this. I mean, like, there's so, there's so many of, of them, you know, just with the, with, you know, speaking of like GC women being being violent, it's like so many of them like talk about you, you know like exposing trans women in bathrooms, and you know that that's assault. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And and like if you're the one peeking in other people, peeking at other people's genitals in the stalls, you're the problem. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's like they'll they'll argue for like all of this surveillance around bathrooms and uh and it's I like one, or i remember there was one that was talking about how they uh how they they were they, they like exposed a uh a a tr uh you know like a uh trans girl in the bathroom yeah that I, I believe that was Jackie Holyoke, but I'm not sure. I forget. Uh, Maybe yes, I'm mixing yes. it up with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I could I don't be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Okay, so you you just submitted on Twitter to sexually assaulting a child. What the fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they're not the only one who's admitted to uh, sexual assault publicly. Like, uh, uh, like you get plenty of others who admit to like peeking on other people in bathrooms or illegally filming people. You know what uh, I, I uh, something I do out of out of like habit uh, when it comes to just cis allies at least at least IRL just in just in the and you know outside of the internet I always uh, tell them uh, and this is really helpful in my opinion I always tell them um, is it uh, regarding any sort sort of situation and and seeing what is transphobic or what isn't okay you know um i always say um uh, imagine a cis person in this situation is that okay you know and the, usually usually the answer to that is no it's not okay okay so then it's not okay for you to say to discriminate a trans person in the same way and it's, and it's always 
just, you know, like based on like patriarchal beauty standards, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, like, yeah. uh, and, and I remember, I forget exactly which one it was. Oh, it was actually Kathleen Stock. I remember. It was, oh, yeah, she said that GNC women are collateral. That, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, cis women who are, quote-unquote, mannish, you know, butch lesbians, are basically an acceptable casualty. Or not even just butch lesbians, but, like, any woman who, like, on a given day isn't looking feminine enough, whether that means that she's not wearing makeup, whether it means maybe she has, like, some degree of facial hair, which lots I, I of like, women do. I like, too, how this, this passes for philosophy in her book. Just like a really fancy way of, of writing, oh, well, sorry, but you'll just have to, you know. Oh, yeah, she, she's explicitly <laughs> said that they're acceptable collateral damage. Yeah, how is that, how is that philosophy? It's, it's just not feminist either. It's saying like no, any woman like, who doesn't conform to what patriarchy thinks women should look but like. like isn't, isn't the philosopher supposed to challenge a lot of these underlying systems and not just uh, shrug? Well, there's in in writing. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of you know chuttery in philosophy out there for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it's like under ideal circumstances, like I I like philosophy a lot, but I I have to say that there are a lot of problems with that. I mean, like, and you know, even just with classic philosophy too. I mean, like, I am really interested in uh you know uh, Nietzsche, but. Uh. Uh, Wow, his his opinions about women are not oh man, yeah, <laughs> that guy was like really misogynistic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's, it's, that sorry. Oh, never mind. What were you saying? No, I, I, sorry. I, I was gonna I was gonna use this as like uh, as a little bit of a connection to like uh, different theories, like uh, like AGP, which is now like uh, oh sure sure yeah thing, yeah de definitely among, um uh, but. Uh, what right. I would say, what I would say first is that there's also the fact that uh, if we look at the stock thing, like that's something that will demonstrably harm cis people as well. Like, like mm. uh, if if you at all, like even if you really just don't care about trans people, but if you want to pretend you care about you know cis women or something, then uh, it's like that will lead to like cis women getting assaulted. Like I, I know like cis mm -hmm. butch lesbians who say they've uh, you know. Uh, either been harassed or yeah. assaulted in bathrooms cha challenged yeah, yeah, yeah uh because someone thought they were a trans woman uh you know or thought that they were um, a, that they were a man I've, I've had like really weird comments uh from people just because i was helping a friend of mine uh, uh a woman friend of mine cis, cis woman uh and she's disabled and uh, I, I happen to be like one of the uh, one of the few people in our environments who could uh, uh, when 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 we went to like uh, a pub to to, to have uh, have something to drink, I was one of the only people who could help her uh, with the uh, uh, catheter. How do you call it in English? C uh, catheter, yeah. Yeah. So I was uh. I was like the only person there who could like help her with that because uh, she was having trouble uh, getting that in, <laughs> and so I had we had, I had to go to the bathroom with her, you know, which is quite a, which is quite fucking awkward, and uh, yeah, I, we had some really fucking weird comments about that too, but well, you know, of course, uh, somebody can explain that, and you can and uh, and and. You would think that's that's understanding for that, but then when you talk about trans people and specifically trans women, because it's always about trans women with these uh, people, 
then suddenly it's like a completely different thing, you know? It's like a switch going off, you know? And I, th I think you bring up something very interesting when you say it's all about trans women, uh, which is, I think, two things there. One, uh, I think they do talk about trans men, but in a very different way. Uh, yeah. Like you'll notice that the, the way they the way they depict trans women in their thing is uh, as as predators, uh, as dangerous. Uh, and the way they depict uh, trans men uh, is as, you know, these young, confused lesbians who have been misled by the evil trans agenda in our Oh, movie. yeah, that's, that's the and, whole Gail Schreier uh, book, right? Yeah, or uh, that extremely yeah. creepy speech uh, the other day by Alison Bailey. Oh, yeah, that's Oh, that one. Oh, oh, God. Just an incredibly creepy speech. That was um, so and, that, and, 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 and just to reiterate, like, I just want to say, like, this is one of those things where, again, just what I said uh, like a minute ago, like imagine someone else saying this. Imagine someone uh, like a guy, like a cis guy with a gruff beard and a, and a fat beer belly, you know, I don't know. Just mm. standing there on the stage and saying that about like little girls. People would have like a, a very much like a, a visible reaction to that. But I do think there is something to say about like the... Uh, appealing to appealing to gender stereotypes like very, very much so and i th i think that's kind of how their hate gets divided like the way they talk about trans men is very much seeped in patriarchal misogyny like you look yes. at like their objection and it's very clearly like based in this like you know sort of white supremacist patriarchy idea of like uh these people who they consider to be women uh you know should be in the you know, should be, you know, making babies, should be, you know, there to please a man, should be having oh, yeah, yeah. uh their should be having think, their uh, breasts that can be touched by partners. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I and think it gets creepier Alison... when you recognize that they're talking about kids here, but oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, but the the thing is, no matter what age the person is, that's that's patriarchal misogyny. It's this very patriarchal idea about like what purpose women should serve, um, uh, or people they perceive as women. I'm I'm not saying trans men or women, uh, to be clear. Um, but and then with trans women, you see misogyny as well, but a different way. Because I think part of why they uh, disproportionately focus on trans women. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that means it's worse for trans women or anything. I'm not trying to play oppression Olympics, but I, I do think that uh, trans men tend to get erased a lot, uh, which is bad yeah. in a different way. Uh, but the, I think the reason they end up focusing a lot on trans women is also misogyny, because well. It, it's again like uh like uh, nerd skull said earlier uh it's uh it's like uh this is a group of women they've found that they can direct all their misogyny at and then get applauded by so-called feminists and then say oh it isn't misogyny because chromosomes mm -hmm. uh, i think there's actually an, an interesting thing as well because i think with dc men specifically i feel like there's you know, kind of, you know, there's there's some uh, comparability here because, you know, there's, and I think you can see this with current events as well, uh, as of this uh, recording, the uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was just handed down. In the innocent yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? Uh. And uh, I think a lot of it is that, you know, white people can, in fact, be... Uh, the victims of these racial issues because they are they get labeled as more or less race traitors, and I feel that a lot of GC men 
uh, kind of end up having that idea of trans women as basically sex traders. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely have seen that, uh, especially from, like you mentioned, you used to uh, follow the Manosphere a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed, like, there was one article uh, I recall from Paul Elam, and I know this because I had to dig it up recently for a Crit Facts video a bit ago, but... Uh, it's it's like uh, this article that was describing like trans women as self-hating male castrators um, mm -hmm. uh, who apparently hate men so much, uh, and which interestingly is a refreshing difference from the usual GC idea that trans women are misogynists who hate women so much as to become them because that definitely makes sense. <laughs> yeah, how does that make sense? Like, like that makes absolutely no sense. Like like uh, it, it's like you don't see. Uh, and it's like at all, like, like, uh, it's like you don't see that many neo-Nazis trying to convert to Judaism. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, like it's, why it's would that make, special. like, obviously that's a bad analogy, but at the same time, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would someone who like hates women and sees women as inferior want to be one? Uh, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's like, I remember that Paul Elam thing, and I've seen it at least one other time. But, but yeah, I think you're right. And I think they also have this view very strongly of uh, trans men, who, who they see as, uh, as uh, who I think a lot of these uh, GC people see as, you know, trying to get out of line from where they want uh, assigned female at birth people to be. Mm -hmm. uh, because they they won they they view all assigned at birth people as uh as uh, women as female which is of course wrong but also uh they they I think they view trans men as uh not staying in line as stepping out of their line as trying to like buck the system yeah i think it's a, it's, it's it's also a common misconception to say that uh which is something that the GCs uh, say a lot which is that um trans trans women uh, portray stereotypes because uh I, I like if you think about it uh, it doesn't make any sense for a a a cis guy to um to dress really womanly for that to be uh to be like a stereotype like it is a it can be a stereotype uh, of femininity but it was still there's still something to be said about bucking uh stereotypes that are assigned yeah, it, to it's you. totally bucking all the patriarchal ideas yeah yes, but, it, exactly but it's like that. uh but it's like additionally i i think i think the reason they think we're doing it is because of something they've created as a self-fulfilling prophecy because uh, there's this, because for a long time, and admittedly things are better now, but still not good in this regard, in a lot of places, you know, to get, like, uh, you know, uh, transition, people needed to go to, needed to, like, play up these stereotypes to convince, like, a psychologist, uh, yeah. you know, that they're enough, because the psychologist is relying on, like, stereotyped views of sex and mm -hmm. gender and all that, um, and so they... And so people, you know, would act out those stereotypes and then the transphobes would point at that and say, and therefore they're, they're reinforcing stereotypes when it's like, no, it's the system that you all built. That's reinforcing all this shit. Yeah. So, um, actually one of my, my personal least favorite things about, uh, about a very common transphobe rhetoric is, uh, you always see these 
these, you know, transphobes claiming, oh, I don't hate the real trans people. I just hate the TRAs. Yeah. Or, or whatever. And it's like, but then you you take a little uh, look deeper into it and they say, oh, well, you know, they, they have these transmedicalist opinions, right? But then you go and look at the people that they consider who is the TRA or who is not the real trans person, and every single person that they hate has gotten a diagnosis of gender dysphoria from a psychiatrist and is on hormones that are prescribed to them by a psychiatrist. By any measure, they are a true trans person. Well, it, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, I don't really like sorting people into like true or fake or whatever. Oh yeah, or I don't. Trender, like but but it's like, but it's like you're 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 right. Yeah, you're you're right though. Um, it, it's like uh, or, or it's like uh, it, uh, or it's like this is something I saw kind of pointed out in like uh, when I read uh the transsexual empire for something. Uh, -huh. uh there's it's a long story, but um. I read that for something and uh, it stuck out to me that that like same idea was there as well, where she's like, oh, oh, uh, oh, trans people reinforce stereotypes. Then in the same book, like at the same page, she'd be like, doctors force this. Therefore, this is somehow trans people's fault. And it's like, that's <laughs> not at all how it works. You're, you're victim blaming. Like, that's just yeah. victim blaming. You're blaming people who live in a system that, you know, you all built for, you know, the outcomes of that system and how that outcome harms them. Yeah, it's like, uh, how dare you try to make the best of the system we have for you. Oh, it's, uh, like, it's, like it's how the Matt Bors comic again. It applies to everything. We should improve the system. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> you, you participate in society. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's exactly that, but but it's also uh, even aside from that, it's like uh, to go back to what you said in a more modern context. Uh, it's like uh, it turns out they really have no consistent definition of what a TRA is. Uh, all they've got is uh, uh, is this like idea of it is anyone they don't like. Like uh, I remember I had an argument with one the other day who, uh, among other things, uh, accused me of. Uh, accused me of being a pedophile, accused me of wanting to keep cisgender women as sex slaves, uh, wow. uh, and wow. uh, accused me of wanting to beat people. Uh, and it's like, I, I didn't say any of that. But then when I kept saying, like, I haven't said any of that, why do you think that? They kept saying, oh, you're a radical trans activist, uh, which means that uh and they're and i i literally asked them at one point and they all think that and it's like but i but i don't think that and i've never met anyone who does uh and they're like oh but you all think the same and so i asked like uh like do, what do you like do you like even assuming there is someone who thinks that which maybe there is i i don't know uh like do you think we're all a hive mind and it's like like uh and they they literally said yes which was ironic seeing as by that point they were on a very obvious like uh lock evasion account that uh <laughs> out uh where they were clearly pretending to be a friend who happens to write exactly the same and it was that, that was kind of surreal honestly but the, the point is that th this conversation went and i made a tweet that was like observing it let, let me see if i can find that specific uh tweet actually uh i, I might be able to um, um, yeah. um uh, when you're when you're doing that um i'm kind of curious to know um i i, which, I found what? it the, the oh, tweet okay, said <laughs> like this conversation so far you i believe insert horrible thing me i don't think that at all i think insert good thing 
you, you radical trans activists all think the same. So you actually think insert horrible thing. And, and it's like, that's just such a very obviously like bad way to, to argue. It's it's kind of revealing anyway, because like uh, whenever they say, uh, oh, I don't hate trans people, I just hate TRAs, then what does TRA stand for? It stands for trans rights activists. Well, no? well yeah, where it's so like... Why, the... so why, why is it bad to, act, uh, to, to advocate for trans rights? Well, like, they're, 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 they're to... telling on themselves. Well, they're, they're trying to compare to MRAs. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. That's the point but of that, that acronym. It's It's so weird, though, because they... It's like... If you look at the ideologies, like uh, the uh, the GCs believe in, pretty, agree with MRAs on pretty much everything. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and definitely, uh, like, uh, and it's like it's it's ironic because like the actual MRAs, they they hate trans people. Uh, mm-hmm. Like from what I've heard, uh, they they very obviously view they they have the like gender traitor thing going on. Oh yeah, yeah. They but do, also, uh... there's like a bunch of them who I recall seeing who hate trans men because they think that uh, because they don't get why anyone would give up something that they made up called female privilege, which <laughs> isn't a thing, obviously, but. Uh, because remember mras they, they have this weird worldview where they believe that uh where they believe like it, uh you may remember mras believe that they're oppressed they believe that like yeah. that, that like uh feminists are oppressing men which obviously yeah. isn't what's actually happening but I, I i don't think i've ever been that deep down the rabbit hole before well i mean <laughs> I, I, I i've never been down the rabbit hole in the sense of like being one i'm obviously do you know one. about the stacy and chad typology and stuff like that i do know about oh, that yeah uh, classic <laughs> <laughs> classic as it it makes me want to puke yes but uh, yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, <laughs> I was gonna ask uh, Nerdskull, what do you think? Uh, just really quickly, um, what, if, what, what are your thoughts on, um, not specifically the the the, the Cal Rittenhouse thing, but like the, the the fallout of that? Do you think there's like, uh, there's a little bit more to come regarding oh, that? Oh, I, I personally am, uh, am afraid that the, yeah. you know, like the Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer and the other, you know, like white nationalist street gangs out there mm-hmm. are going to essentially just start, you know, killing protesters with impunity, more or less. Yeah, it, I, I think it's like that incident uh, with like the car where one judge ruled that like apparently it's okay to kill people with your car if they're protesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I I think that I think that this really does open the floodgates for like a lot of potential copycat attacks now that they know that they can kill protesters with impunity and get away with it and not face any any charges. And what's really disturbing to me is how many uh, people who are ostensibly leftists are like taking off the mask and then, you know, defending white supremacist murderers. Yeah, like it's it's really just like completely out there to me because, you know, like. Like, it's essentially, uh, you know, like, the way people are trained to react to uh, to threats of mass shootings in general is to essentially gang up on the, the person who is, who is at, who is the risk. And, uh, and basically at this point, uh, they have gone and said that, you know, essentially, if you do that, they can murder you and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh boy! It's, it's is, there, is, there, 
It's more or less just like wait until the body stops dropping and then you can defend yourself, or you uh uh or you or you can uh uh be proactive and get killed anyway. Oh yikes! I don't know. I I apologize. I don't know that much about um American that much about American politics. I try to keep up, but uh. <laughs> There's still a lot uh, lacking, obviously. But what do you think? Uh, don't you think uh, they are gonna follow up with like a another case? Or I don't know. Like, uh, like I've heard that there's talk about a federal case, uh, and I've heard that there's talk about civil suits. But I don't know anything about so. That. I, so I'm not an expert on the legal system at all. But honestly, I think the chance of anything happening uh, like that is extremely slim. Yeah, like like, like I, I would I'm consider it to be like that. not something that will happen. Like I, I would bet money against it, uh, because mm. I, I just don't think that'll happen. I, I know how the system works in this country. It usually lets it. It's designed to you know reinforce white supremacy, and it's doing exactly that. There, there's not much more to it. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, uh, how do you move forward then? From, from there on? Uh, honestly, I. Uh, I, I don't know the way forward, but I think that with the current system of uh, jurisprudence that's in place, uh, I don't think you can move forward without uh, getting a different one. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I, I'm not going to say I know the way forward because I, I really don't. Uh, and that's kind of a separate topic. And I, I don't have, you know, a plan in mind. I'm sure other people have better ideas, but honestly, yeah, none of uh, us have all the answers, right? So none of us do. I, I, mean, but, I have, I have strong opinions, but even I will tell you that I don't know. I, I don't know the way to, you know, make, get to, you know, communism or democratic socialism or whatever your preferred yeah I, yeah i'm, I'm not uh, like honestly i i gotta admit i i'm very suspicious of anyone who does say they have all the answers because really <laughs> i i don't know that uh uh especially because half the time uh, all the answers includes uh a lot of gaping plot holes um but uh, it's like or, or you know like uh how let's let, let's say a lot of the whenever you have people claiming to know all the answers they t or have all the answers those answers tend to involve uh let's just say ultimate solutions mm. <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing uh and of course uh it's like so the the other thing that is I, I really don't think that this is that uh, complicated because uh, it's very clear what he did, but all these people are acting like, oh, it's, and these are supposed leftists. And it's like, it really doesn't make me feel good about like the future of the left when we have leftists who are defending, you know, this white supremacist terrorist, like just yeah. the number of, of uh, like just the number of like white pseudo leftists, I guess, who uh, are, uh, and that's why you know made that tweet last night that was like uh you know explaining that like if you do this i don't care how close we are i am blocking you because oh, yeah. you are a fascist so, so uh you are not of, a leftist uh, what kind of leftists are we uh, i hate to be like calling out names or whatever but like yeah. Because, well, like one know, of the big ones like... is people like Jimmy Dore, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, that type. Yeah, the the so called I've heard them referred to as like dirtbag left, which seems like well, left, yeah. you know, the Amy Teresas of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd consider to be like the dirtbag sort of. I think it's not an inaccurate descriptor. 
Although it is one making sense. Dirtbag left is just an, another another way of saying I'm not really leftist. I'm I'm just I'm just. I don't kind know. Of... I mean, like the thing is that there are people who are very firmly dirtbag leftists who I'm okay with. I mean, like the thing is, you gotta draw a line because they're not all the same. Because like, there's a difference. I, I'm not between, saying they're like, all the same. The, the there's there's like, definitely a difference between people who like listen to Chapo Trap House and I Me to Read. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, yeah. like, everyone who listens to that or everyone who does that is insufferable or whatever, but I mean, it's like there's know, certain like... sectors of the left where I've noticed that, like, a lot of the people there seem to be very white, very cishet, and very uh, bad opinions. Um, it's just, like, uh, it, it, I, I think another thing is, like, uh, a lot of people think that, like, oh, well, well we just have edgy opinions, and that's uh, that's not very left or something. And to that, I always say, like, you know, I always use myself as an example. Like, my opinions are very fucking edgy. Like, I think we have to define edgy, though, for this. Like, I think, like, I think we maybe define the word edgy a bit differently. Like, like when I, like, uh, for some people, when they think edgy, they mean, like, swears a lot or makes, like, sort of, uh, or makes, like, sort of, uh, not necessarily offensive, but, like, sort of uh, R-rated jokes a lot or or curses a lot or maybe uh, well, uh, like like some people define edgy that way but like when i think edgy left i think like people who uh you know are openly bigoted but claim to have like somewhat leftist economic ideas well like uh, if i look at it, if if i would uh uh cite an, uh, an example of something that could be uh regarded as like an edgy leftist thing to do is uh burning the u.s flag hmm. I that mean, I, I guess that is edgy, but it's like, yeah, but it's not like what I down. think of when I think of like edgy left. Like when I think edgy left, I think like people like uh, Vouch, Chapo Trap House, etc. Um, so like there's a difference between I think being edgy and being an edgelord. Yes, yeah, that, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But is is Farsh even like a lefty anymore? Because he went down that centrist path. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not sure. I can say if he is or isn't because I don't really follow his content to any degree because I don't want to. Uh, but but it's like <laughs> I, I, I guess my my thing about Vouch is I'm not going to say what he is or isn't. And it maybe because I haven't consumed his content. I don't know. But every single person I've met who is like a fan of him has been like totally insufferable. I don't know anything about guys, so I'm not going to. I, I'm not really going to comment on that. Yeah, fair. Uh, well, I don't usually tweet about him because his fans also absolutely love oh, yeah. to term search and will yeah. uh, swarm you to defend their guy. Yeah, just like just like contrapoints. Honestly, the, the, honestly, the vouch of... ones are worse in my experience than the contrapoints. Oh, really? It's that way with a lot of yeah. celebs and podcast bros and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, but but it's like in yeah, a way it's more annoying when it comes audience. from like the left because I think because like when I see it for like Joe Rogan fans or whatever, I'm like, well, the right is trash. They they do this but then like the the left it's like i expect better of anyone who has a big enough audience is going to end up attracting those weird defenders you know what i mean yeah that, that my hope is that if i ever did end up with like a huge platform for whatever reason that hopefully i i wouldn't end up with like stands like that um, <laughs> like like if i'm doing something bad I, I don't want my fans to just huddle around me and double down on it i i want them to to like make me stop doing it so i'm yeah, not doing bad yeah. stuff anymore i don't know i think it's definitely possible if you look at you know uh, like i think some creators are better than others in that regard but yeah 
Mm. Like, like there are creators out there who maybe aren't quite of the same scale, but who definitely do have like, have, but definitely have sort of reinforced to their fan base this idea of like, if I have a bad take or I do something bad, don't don't like double down on this uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. with me. Like, uh, for instance, Casey Explosion, I know, is publicly now again not like the same level of fame, uh, mm. but uh, she's said stuff on Twitter that's like. Uh, Hey Casey, if you're listening, uh, want to want to go on the podcast with us? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Casey, if you happen to hear this, uh, we'd love to have you on. Um, but yeah. uh, but yeah, it's like, listen, I know them pretty decently. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> but like, it, it's like oh, you know, I, like Casey is someone who said uh, like that uh, if, that uh, I don't know Casey's pronouns. She. I believe they are she/her. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah, so I believe she said something to the effect of like, if she ever has like a really bad take or does something really bad, that she wants people to, that she doesn't want her fans to just huddle around her on it. She wants them to call her out because otherwise, because uh, she doesn't want to be doing like bad stuff. And and that's like the problem. I think that people like like uh, Vouch have is they've built up like this echo chamber where all their fans, you know, will help them double down on these bad takes endlessly. So yeah. you get like, uh, or same with uh, Contra, for instance, a hot take there. Uh, but I, I think it's a similar <laughs> dynamic uh, that people will like keep doubling down on it um, and end up with uh, some real... Uh, and so they'll just keep having these like shitty views, like uh, the whole like, like Vouch kink at pride thing where he just kept oh, doubling man. down oh, yeah. over and that, over and over again. True. Like if he'd said it once and then retracted, I, I might not have cared, but he just kept making that like his whole thing. And then like accusing people of being pedophiles and yeah, that's, oh, a, yeah, that's, that's always... a good look. <laughs> Sorry. Like I always, the running joke with uh, that I talk about with uh, with transphobes is that like most transphobia is you know like eighties and nineties anti gay rhetoric with the serial numbers filed off. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it it definitely is uh, entirely that. Like you see lately, uh, if you look at the Crit Facts uh, account. Uh, that that account has been posting like a lot of comparisons between like the rhetoric of like anti-trans conversion therapists uh, and anti-gay conversion therapists of the past like three or four decades. Um, Or like uh, someone pointed out how like the, uh, or like uh, if you look at like the ROGD thing, it's exactly the same as like when people thought that like the media was making their kids gay and. Well, there's also just stuff as well. Like, uh, Back in the uh, in the eighties and stuff, there was a time at which anti-gay people uh, explicitly claimed that being gay was, uh, you know, basically men being gender confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, or if you look at like some ideas from that period uh, that have stuck around, like. Uh, AGP, if I recall correctly, is a theory that like was first published in like the 1970s. It is deeply homophobic and rooted in like deeply homophobic ideas about uh, yeah. sexuality. Like that's why like, I uh, um that's why I mentioned it earlier when you uh when you mentioned uh, uh, Freud. It's because uh, a lot of that uh, a lot of that stuff is like it, it's kind of like a holdover from Freud. It's you know this whole thing of like. Oh, like this this whole 
thing of like having yeah. a sexual connection, like the sexual, you know, sexual misunderstanding, and you're you're confused about your sex because, uh, you know, your father had sex with you when you were little, or you know, just uh, yeah, yeah, shit or like that, that. The sexual trauma thing. Uh, yeah, or where they accuse like trans people of molesting children, or claim that like. Uh, which was like the same accusation they leveled against gay people in like the 80s and 90s uh, and even today in many circles. Um, but uh, it, it's just, if you look at, and uh, what I was saying regarding AGP slash HSTS is it, it's like the whole idea of that theory is basically the idea that uh, gay men are more like women, so the more feminine or passing or more likely the ones that Ray Blanchard wanted to fuck, trans women ended up being categorized as HSTS, uh, and he claimed that those were, you know, uh, secretly very effeminate gay men who wanted to bang straight men because that definitely makes sense straight men are definitely known for their sexual ability um and uh and it's like so that's for one deeply homophobic but then there's the fact that he basically says that they're less intelligent um and uh they're Intelligent, uh, which is pretty homophobic. Uh, I remember I once made a thread about a homophobic textbook I had that repeated the idea that like gay people are bad at math. I believe it even cited Ray Blanchard. Uh, wow. Oh, wow! And it's my like, favorite... well, I mean, Alan Turing would like a word. Yeah, I think my favorite Ray Blanchard fail is how he used the exact same methodology he used to quote unquote prove AGP. To also prove that autoandrophilia is a thing, uh, and then uh, he admitted that he made the whole thing up. Oh yeah, I remember he that. That, uh, <laughs> that you know, people would call him sexist for not. Uh, Which I mean, I'll call him sexist anyway because this whole thing yeah. is pretty misogynistic. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like, okay, so you essentially just admitted that AGP is also hogwash too. Well, well, yeah, it's it's like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And of course, if I recall correctly, isn't the way he proved it basically by saying that, like, by declaring it to be, like, unfalsifiable by design? So, like, anyone who says that, like, because doesn't he say that, like, anyone who denies it or says it's not their experience must be lying, therefore? Because, like, by that logic, you can prove anything because that's just unfalsifiable. It's like yeah. creationists, whenever you point out, yeah, like, some you... flaw in their uh, thing where you're like, oh, but uh, that doesn't make sense. They're like, that's oh, well, a, God uh, wants it to look that way. Yeah, it, that's a that's a huge red flag in, in like, a scientific paper. By well, the yeah, way. it means it's just not scientific. <laughs> the, the whole point like of, a huge, a well, one of the big ideas of yeah. science, uh, if I'm understanding correctly is the idea that things should be falsifiable that is that there would be a hypothetical experiment you could do and if given a certain result would falsify it it doesn't mean it is false it doesn't mean that would be the result but that theoretically there's some kind of evidence that would change the conclusion uh, oh yeah if there's no evidence the, that would change it that's not science that's faith that's yeah. one of the powers of um of contemporary philosophy of science and I always have to laugh because uh, this brings up one of my favorite uh, bugaboos that the uh, that the right has with the with uh, with philosophical postmodernism because uh, you know they all hate it but none of them can really define it and if you tell them that modern or that contemporary philosophy of science always is, is you know pretty much predicated on a lot of postmodern ideas they will flip the hell out. 
<laughs> well, that explains why they don't like science much. What's that joke about, like, reality has a left-wing bias? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it's like, it, it explains why they don't like science much. Um, but, but it also is like, if you look at, the, but it's like, uh, transphobia is often rooted on very badly done pseudoscience stuff. Like, like uh, to look more recently than, like, AGPHSTS is uh, stuff like... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, is, is something like uh, like uh, ROGD, uh, which yep. ROGD uh, is based on a study of parents and not not trans people, but cis parents who already happen to be on like anti-trans websites uh, and included people as old as 27 under kids. So like these people Although, whose kids don't live with them anymore. Well, it's but essentially just the same thing of claiming uh, homosexuality is a quote unquote social contagion. It's just a different acronym to try to make it sound respectable, but it's still the same social contagion theory. Yeah. And but, um, uh, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, RHD, I think like most recently it's been like pretty much just uh, this disproven like well yeah i mean it was it was garbage from the start it, like it PLOS was already garbage retracted from the, start, the paper like... and issued an apology because the methodology was so bad but there was something recently that was like uh uh, uh recently uh i forgot who uh who issued it but somebody uh some institution basically uh, released an article saying that this was pseudoscience and <laughs> If, if, uh, I mean, of course, we we all knew knew that, but it was still it was still fun to just yeah. Well, yeah, we we did know that, and there's really uh, no way that it could have been uh, something real because it it just doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, and again, it is like as you mentioned, the gay is a social contagion thing with the serial numbers filed off. Um, <laughs> Or, or another example is like when they talk about like how they're losing uh, about like how people are amputating breasts that have never been caressed. It, it's literally the same thing as like when people say like, oh, you're not a lesbian. You just haven't found the right dick yet. The right dick will make you straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's the uh... exact same thing as that, but just reworded. Yeah, it's oh, definitely you're right. It's, it's a lot of the same shit that leads to um, like a uh, sexual uh, assault really yeah it, it really uh, does uh and uh there, there definitely is like a history uh, a similar history there like uh for instance uh i am aware uh that apparently for a long time and in some places even today there's this idea that uh if a that like if a trans masculine person gets pregnant they'll desist from being trans which one is deeply uh based on this very uh patriarchal idea about pregnancy uh and parenthood but uh, it, it's also like but it's also it literally encouraging rape oh yeah it is yeah uh like like that's there's no way to read that that isn't like encouraging sexual assault or corrective rape uh and and it's horrifying um yeah, yeah. Uh, like in any other context it's horrifying i mean but 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 in the mind of a gc it's just that's just acceptable. It's just, uh, it's so weird to me how they can be like, like in any other context, they would, they would say, yes, this is bad. This is misogyny. But like, but suddenly, but suddenly 
a subject changes to trans people and it's like oh well look at this you know well yeah it's like like so again i I think most of them are very anti-feminist but i think there are a few people who got suckered into it who you know maybe actually do have some concept of feminist ideas um and fell down this rabbit hole maybe there are um who like uh like uh for instance uh uh an example of that might be someone like uh like there are a few of them who actually do have a history there uh but it's like we look at that and uh one is what there's is uh that you'd think they'd realize like in any other context this is deeply misogynistic uh or or like you see like again the way they attack uh like uh katie montgomery i know points this out a lot uh that like a lot of especially the gc men will say like very misogynistic stuff to her about like her appearance or her body and it's like stuff that if they'd said it to a cis woman would pretty much universally be recognized as misogyny but then they have that they literally believe that it isn't possibly misogyny because chromosomes yeah they they, they call it like she made that comic that shows like a guy saying something misogynistic to a cis woman and a trans woman who look identical uh and then saying that you know one one is misogyny and one isn't and she made that as a joke but i think they actually do believe that like you can't be misogynistic to someone if their chromosomes are wrong and it's like do you think that like most misogynists check someone's chromosomes before saying misogynistic things i don't think most are that dedicated to it well, and not only that, misogyny also affects men because it does, you know, yeah. that, whole, that whole thing about gender policing stuff, you know, like th- that, the the whole way that happens to men is... Yeah, yeah, toxic masculinity or like the way that it overlaps with homophobia. Yeah, it's um, demonization of feminine attributes in men. Indeed, yeah, that's, yeah. that's like a very, or like, uh, yeah, yeah, and... Uh, I think, um, and of course, they, they, that's, that's the other thing there. is they just completely reject like any semblance of uh, any semblance of like uh, any sort of intersectional analysis there. Uh, like they're very much stuck in this like second wave mindset that's like misogyny is something men do to women, nothing else, um, mm-hmm. and uh, can't recognize how it gets, you know, built into these systems, how it, you know, gets enforced through patriarchy, how, like, uh, men also are misogynistic against other men, or how women can reinforce these systems. It, it's funny. It, it's, it's just, like, this is all stuff that's been, like, commonly talked about in feminist circles for, like, 20, 30 years now, but they're just not on it. It's funny that you mentioned the intersection with, like, gay rights. Because uh, that's something that they claim is something that's, you know, definitely on their side when, you know, obviously it's not <laughs> in that regard. Because, you know, they, they, they would definitely stoop to all these regressive uh, homophobic stereotypes as yeah, long as it I, serves them. Yeah. And, and I think have, more than uh, that, they're, they are using gay people or any gay people who side with them. The vast majority obviously don't. Uh, but they're, they're they're using gay people for this uh, uh, for this, it, but it's very clear that that's what they're going to come after next. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I always uh, the the uh, I've talked to some GC men in the past, and they always get really mad when I note that gay gay men can be extremely homophobic. Oh yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, or how uh, gay men can definitely reinforce homophobic systems. And if you look at someone like they a great example of this is uh, their very own like Malcolm, what's his face guy. Um, I don't remember his last name, but oh, the, yeah. the, the Malcolm guy, because he because he like uh, openly um, says like that his uh, says that like there shouldn't be gay clubs in schools because uh, because teachers might be predators, which is deeply homophobic. Yeah, uh, or does. like that time the LGB Alliance said it wasn't homophobic to vote against gay marriage uh, in defense of you know a baroness they like who uh, did that. Um, uh, or yeah. uh, I think that something they've also really missed out on is the role of like uh, the role that uh, many cisgender women uh, play in reinforcing these like white supremacist patriarchy things uh, like uh, things because they've got that total lack of analysis uh, that is like commonplace for the last 30 years and they don't have it. Uh or uh, if you want to talk about their homophobia, have you ever noticed that, like, among cis people that they hate, some of their biggest targets uh, happen to be gay men and lesbians? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, like mean... you look at, like, the way they attack, like, Owen Jones uh, with oh, homophobic yeah, attacks, or David Paisley, or uh, or among cis lesbians, the way they've attacked, like, Alison Phipps, uh, or, uh, or the way that they've... Uh, you know, the, the weird thing is that, me. like, I I had figured that when I had talked personally about my decision not to transition, even though I felt that I was was trans, right? I had figured that, uh, that you know, like, the uh, anti-trans side of, uh, of Twitter might, you know, like, find some, like might actually like praise me or find some kind of common ground that I could use to discuss things with them uh, because of that, because theoretically I've made the decision that they want, they wanted me to make. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but nope, I just get attacked harder. Yeah. Was there any, like, uh, I just, just out of curiosity, was there any like sort of backlash when you, uh, uh, well, no, I, I never, I never, I never got any backlash about that from trans people or anything like that. Okay. Uh, I like, I all I really got was people simply telling me, uh, "No, you're wrong. It's not too late. It's it's never too late." And that's that's the only yeah. uh, quote unquote backlash I got. And I mean, I, I understand why people gave that response, even if maybe it's not what you wanted to hear. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I have a problem with it. I I I kind of. I, I take it all in stride, and I understand why they say that. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like uh, uh, like I remember one of the people who uh, I think I uh, may recall uh, has said thing like a lot of trans people say that uh, because they like transition later uh, and still feel mm -hmm. like it was the right choice. And again, uh, for them, uh, maybe it was, and I'm, I'm not going to judge either way. Um, but I, I guess uh, what I would, but I so. Uh, I guess what I would say is, though, uh, yeah, you'd think that there's, like, some people who they'd view as, like, someone they would talk to for things like that. Not, not like, things like what you said about, like, you know, how you aren't transitioning, but but also things like, uh, you know, people who are trans and gender nonconforming, you know, which blows, like, the whole idea about, like, trans people reinforce stereotypes out of the water. Uh, but it's, like, instead, they just attack those people for not trying hard enough. It, it's, like... Uh, if you're, 
or or uh, you see a similar thing with uh, Alex Drummond, uh, you know, who is a British uh, trans woman who I believe is a photographer by trade, uh, who uh, similarly to you uh, chose not to medically transition, but uh, did socially transition um, and uh, has a beard. Um, and it's like, like you'd think like oh they'd be a fan of that because it shows that like trans people aren't reinforcing stereotypes but instead they just attack her harder yeah, um, yeah. there's it, no there's no there's no good way to be a trans person yeah their that, that's their whole thing is they they don't want anyone to identify as or transition in any way mm-hmm. yeah uh, the, and that's their end goal and you uh you also mentioned katie montgomery and she's yeah, one of yeah. the the people where i mentioned that you know like they will claim that oh, I support the the real trans people who who have uh, a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, or, or who got surgery or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kate Katie has the official diagnosis. She's taking hormones. I don't know if she's got. She, uh, she has she, had surgery. I, I know that she's talked yeah. about it publicly. Uh, uh, so, and so, so I think it's okay for me to say that here. Yeah. So so like uh, you you'd think that that they would support her, but nope, she's a, she's a TRA. So like the, the, the rules don't really apply. The rules are just a rationalization. Well, yeah, it oh, just gosh. shows how TRA just means anyone they don't like. Yep. Um, like, uh, it, like, and even for the ones that they, you know, pay lip service to and pretend to like, they clearly hate those people. Like, like you look at someone like Debbie Hayden, um, and oh, it's like, she's very clearly like, someone that they, they clearly despise her uh like mm. they they treat her horribly and and I, I mean i think she's in it either for the money or maybe some sort of like i, I think she's a right hardcore grifter yeah uh, i really think she, so. she might maybe be in it for the money or maybe she just really hates herself a i lot. think she's essentially like the the trans version of milo yiannopoulos basically yeah that would that would figure <laughs> uh yeah she, she's yeah. and she's there grifting for it but it's like it's very clear that like they hate her and they they say horrible things about her uh very publicly um and again i i don't like i don't like her at all because of what she does not because she's oh, trans but because she's way, you know helping them but now that we're on the like, topic of, uh, of of debbie hayden i still do, don't do think any... we should say i still don't think i like i wouldn't say those things about her like like at the same time it does like people shouldn't be saying that about her but, no um, matter how bad she is now that we're on the topic of hayden like if any uh if any dcs are listening to this just know just hate 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 listening if that's the thing um debbie hayden uses uh women's restrooms she does yes there you go so you know have fun saving saving over that last i checked they (laughs) last i checked they're really they get really mad about that too because she's said like she uses the restroom at these events and they get like super angry at her uh but honestly the the thing that concerns uh and or same with the with the other ones they uh hate uh but that they pretend to like as tokens like like they also say all kinds of horrible stuff about like for instance buck angel um uh uh, like they'll call him like a mutilated woman or whatever uh like if you remember in the in the lily cade rant he's the one trans person that she said was like sort of okay but but it's still very apparent that that she hates him Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be yeah, clear, I, I I don't like Buck Angel either, but like no. I still wouldn't say all those horrible things about him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like uh, the only the only good trans person to them is someone who advocates for uh for for someone not to transition, 
and for yeah. someone to basically yeah. basically say they're not really trans, even though which is what Demi Hayden does. Uh, yeah, where yeah. She, where she will like and, and to be to be clear, I, I don't. It's hard actually at this point to tell what she actually believes versus um what she uh versus like what she is saying just to get uh their yeah, money. That's why I think she's a grifter because like. <laughs> Like like uh, I think anyone anyone who takes this subject seriously would at least know uh, be clear about it uh, regarding their own identity. They would just say, "Okay, well, I'm she, her. I uh, I, I am." Because like I'm I'm never clear what she actually believes. Because she's like at certain points said like that uh, that like she thinks transition was the right choice for her, wouldn't detransition, or at other times says she wouldn't detransition because she had bottom surgery, uh, but. Uh, but she also at the same time will say stuff like uh that will say stuff like that she still thinks that she's a man um mm -hmm. and to be clear i'm not saying uh, anything about that because i don't know what she thinks i'm not saying well, she is or isn't anything she's even, she's even wearing the t-shirts uh yeah yeah she know. she is like, um oh, and I'm it's a man. And and it's like I don't know what she actually believes versus what she says for grifter bucks at this yeah, point yeah it's just a, i think it's just a convenient thing she says, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, the, that's the only logical conclusion to take from all of that. So anyway, so I, I realize we're approaching like the two hour mark here. Yeah, sorry. Well, well it's been like that. a great conversation. Um, we should probably yeah. start wrapping things up. So is there anything we want to like wrap up with? So like, uh, let me circle a little bit back to trans visibility again, though, uh, real quick. So like when I was younger, like Honestly, like, uh, I didn't really know that being trans was a thing that you could be until I just randomly stumbled across it on the internet. <laughs> and that's very common. Uh, yeah, that's relatable. I, I knew what it could be, but I thought it couldn't be me because of uh, various things that I've talked about. Well, yeah. well uh, I'll, I'll probably say that I'm probably the, uh, you know, the oldest person here. I'm, I'm uh, in my late 30s. Uh, um... I'm not in my late thirties, but like yes, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty. But early. like for for me, like when I was a, when I was you know like late teens, I had never known that being trans was a thing you could be, and honestly, uh, I didn't come across in the ideal way. I came across the idea through porn, you know, like as a uh, as probably a lot of people do. Um, yeah. and um. And so, but I, you know, like, I was interested in it uh, for obvious reasons, if you know anything about me and my furry self. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they, they have, uh, I never really knew anything about uh, being trans until then. And, like, honestly, I, I, even when I came across it and did a little bit of looking, as I said, I was kind of gatekept out both sides. You know, there were the trans medicalists saying oh you can't be trans because you know you're 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 not you know like medically diagnosed and you don't uh, necessarily want uh quote unquote the surgery uh or whatever uh and then you know like the other side is like oh you can't be trans because you're interested in uh in uh uh you know like uh gender transformation fiction so you're just a man who's making oh, a, a a kink out of uh out of the out of the suffering and struggles of trans people, so you can't be trans uh, there. And because of that, I kind of internalized that idea that I couldn't be trans. You know what I mean? 
And yeah. so I stopped really yeah, looking that's into relatable. it. And because there weren't really any visible trans people for uh, in society for much of my life, uh, I never even really reconsidered it until I kind of got on social media and started meeting a lot of much more tolerant and less sex negative trans people. And yeah. the funny thing is that now I, I ask people, uh, you know, like most trans people about, you know, like how I got, I got interested in the, the entire topic. And it's like, you, the, the, the unanimous response is basically you're the eggiest egg I have ever <laughs> encountered. And are you sure uh, about that? I mean, Luna's isn't here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> And, uh, and so, you, yeah, yeah, you know, there's that like, feeling like, you know, where you wish you could like go back in time and tell your past self, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like trans visibility important and we're, we're at another step. We're at another level than we were when I was young. Do but, you, um, uh, I'm just curious. Do you take that, that, that level of activism, like, uh, to the real world as well? Or is it just like purely an online thing? For you? Uh, it's an online thing for me. Hmm. I mean, like, like privacy or yeah, it's it's just I, I don't talk about much. As I said, I don't talk about, you know, like the details of my furry self uh, when I'm connected to the skull, you know, hmm. but <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's understandable. Uh, not but, everyone has to be visible, but uh, I was just yep. curious if uh, there was any like link. So no, I, I I have explicitly uh, made sure that there's not a link. Actually, I, you hmm. know, I, I do have uh some pretty uh crazy stalkers and stuff like that and they haven't found my furry account in i think seven years so uh i've done a decent job of it but yeah uh but anyway uh so yeah i kind of uh i i think we have better uh trans visibility out there and you know like that's one of the things that's feeding into this whole you know like rogd social contagion thing it's the whole uh you know uh you know, left-handed people over time graph, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where we're we're normalizing the idea of being trans. People now know that being trans is a thing that you can do. And, and it's the same so, thing regarding uh, gay people a few decades ago, where people thought that was a social contagion because people now knew it was a thing. Yeah, uh, and so like you know, the the reason the number of people who are trans is going up is because the people who are interested in being trans or who are trans, depending on how you interpret it or whatever, now know that it is a thing you can be. Mm -hmm. yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's the whole, uh, you know, Newspeak phenomenon that George Orwell was uh, talking about with that entire subplot in 1984, right? If you don't have a name for the idea, if you don't have a word to express the idea, the idea simply doesn't exist to you. And I feel like for me, when I was young, that was very much how trans was for me mm -hmm. yeah I, uh, I, I didn't have the concept to express it yeah Just, uh, and that's uh, what the great irony i think is of how they'll say that this all is orwellian or the way that we're changing language to be more oh, inclusive yeah. is bad and it's like well actually that's the opposite of orwell it's making it possible to talk about more experiences about more things and uh, that's I'm just, good um... I'm just curious. Uh, what are your opinions on just online activism in general, like in 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 regards to these these subjects? Do you think so, uh, versus versus just like uh, you know offline activism? So, my my overall opinion is that basically all tactics are are required. We shouldn't just stick ourselves to one tactic 
And not only that, different people are suited or interested in different tactics. So everybody should do what they can and what they feel is right for them. Um, so like personally, I'm trying to step back from online activism myself simply because I have personally gotten a little bit exhausted with talking to uh, various flavors of brick walls on social media as far as bigots go. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there are other people who are uh, very good at doing online activism and online debates. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, Jangle Science Lad, SJW oh, yeah. Debates. I think he does a very good job with what he does. He's kind of, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, he, he's a very good debater and he does a, a good job of act, of advocating for gay and trans issues. Yeah, we've worked there. with uh, Jangles uh, many, many a times. And uh, mm. he's, a, he's a lovely, uh, lovely guy to work with. Yeah, yeah. We, we tried to force fem him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you remember but... that video. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, so like you know, like I think I I am not necessarily the biggest fan of uh, you know the the debate fetishism. Uh, Nor am I. You know, yeah. having the, uh, the having growth. had the experience of you know like seeing you know the creationists uh, aching to debate uh, you know various evolutionists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, like my general opinion is that. You know, the person with the f the best facts on their side doesn't necessarily win the debate. So debate is yeah, really yeah, that, a that's a whole way. other topic for like another yeah. podcast. Yeah, debate yeah, isn't the like best a... way to seek truth. You know what it I mean? No. no, it's kind of interesting because like, uh, if if I were to go back in time to like I don't know two thousand eight or something, my younger self would probably think a lot different because you know I I grew up on like a lot of those like stupid like uh, like. Uh, what was it like the, the atheist experience uh, videos uh -huh. and the, the, you know that sort of crap and uh, yeah, I think a lot I of this did come out of like the new atheist movement. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. But looking back, but at the same time, uh, like if if I look at it nowadays with what I know now, I don't think it's as valuable. You know, like uh, I would probably tell my younger self like. Like it can be, it can be very entertaining to have a debate. It's definitely, it, I mean, it is entertainment uh, first, I would say, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that much, you know. Mm. Uh, I yeah. think uh, Nerdskull, you, you put it very, uh, very well there. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just yeah. so, but back to the the larger point is that you know, like I, I wouldn't disparage somebody like Jangles for doing what he does because he's very good at doing what he does. And, you know, his tactics are also uh, valid, but not everybody can or should be jangles. Yeah, and exactly. uh, we, yeah. we can all uh, kind of contribute in our own in our own way. Yeah, it's so, all kinds, yeah. We talked about yeah. we, uh, we talked about this exact uh, this exact thing in uh, our uh, protecting yourself online video. Mm -hmm. So a little yeah. shout out there to uh, <laughs> to our video. Yep. Uh, but uh so so yeah, that's that's my overall take is that you know, people who can do online activism and don't burn out doing it, go for it, please do. Do you uh, do you but, do you think you would make a good debater? Uh like, I probably could. I mean like uh my uh my uh 
aunt who is a lawyer wanted me to be a lawyer because she said I was very good at uh, debating things and oh, wow. I can get pretty passionate about stuff. But uh, I didn't end up going that that world. Maybe in an alternate world somewhere, I'm a lawyer. But, <laughs> alternate dimension. Uh, but uh, yeah, but, it's probably yeah. in the alternate dimension where I did what my mother wanted me to and became a doctor. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So for for me, it's just kind of uh, you know, like my I just don't have the spoons for that sort of stuff. If if I were getting paid to do it, yes, <laughs> I I would do it, but. The, the reality is that I'm not getting paid to do, uh, you know, engage with shitty people online. So I don't really want to do it. I would rather uh, uh, spend my time doing something better. <laughs> or something that I enjoy a little bit more. Because, yes, uh, I still want uh try to do online act or sorry, I try to do some activism. I try to give money to causes and stuff like that things like that and you know show up to uh protests and stuff like that but mm -hmm. you know uh i'm no, trying I'm to sure. step a, a little bit back from doing the, the online activism stuff yeah that's understandable yeah but uh, uh, i do really appreciate what what you both do with the crit facts stuff i mean like uh thank you, you know, thank you. it 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 definitely i i think voices like that are necessary online you know, it wouldn't be good just to uh, let it all go around unopposed. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely one of the things that uh, drew me into uh, facts in, in, in the first place. And also the fact that um, it's, uh, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, uh, in my opinion, if you, um, if you oppose these kinds of people, and it doesn't always work, not in every context, but uh, in the way that we do it, at least, um, we kind of uh, mock them and then move on. You know, we don't necessarily like debate them, like uh, and like in like a four-hour format or something. You know, yeah. yeah we mostly, uh... we mostly um, make fun of them and then we mock them and then we move on. And I think that gives people a lot of uh, courage to do the same. And I've actually received uh, a bunch of um, private messages on Twitter saying that they they've that 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 our work has uh has made them feel a lot more confident about uh approaching these types of this 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 type of rhetoric you know this type of uh of yeah hatred just... and 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 yeah that makes me uh very very proud <laughs> now uh to me uh uh, yeah, so I don't quite do it to the same degree on my personal account that uh, CritFacts does it, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's like I, I do try to, the, what I try to do is I try to mock things, because that really does expose how weak the arguments are, because uh, mm. I think that's good to show like how these are really not, you know, the strong arguments. That <laughs> arguments, and, and that's how easy, uh, how easily everything else falls apart. Yeah, I think so too. So, uh, I, uh, so I think we're about at the close yep. here. So, uh, yep. thanks so for talking with me. By do you have way. any social media you want to plug here? Uh, like, uh, I'm just you can follow me on uh, on Twitter uh, or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm uh, the underscore nerd underscore skull. But uh, yeah, uh, other than that, I'm not plugging anything at this point. I'm I'm kind of. As I said, I'm backing off from a little bit. I'm not trying to uh, trying to amass a large following and you know, take down Sean. 
you know, whatever. Uh, no, no, not Sean. <laughs> I do think I do think Sean is like one of the few Twitter le- uh, like lefties or YouTube lefties lefties who has hasn't like fallen from grace yet. Mm. Knock on wood. Uh, I, I think <laughs> most people still like H bomb as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. Good I, I think H-bomb. he's. I think he's fine. Um, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> but you wanna, anyway, you want to pluck yourself? Uh... <laughs> oh well, that sounds weird. But <laughs> I, I said yourself. that on my other podcast once uh, with a guest <laughs> on, and we got into some uh, interesting innuendo. But then again, my other podcast is generally oh my like God. Way this hornier. is like the second time I've made this the same mistake. But my, my other yeah. podcast is like way hornier though, so it kind of oh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but but uh, anyway, uh, I am so anyway. So I'm still DJ Cthulhu. I'm at real DJ Cthulhu on Twitter. Oh. Um, and you can also check out my other podcast uh, called Transients. Um, and uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Okay, uh, well, uh, I am still I am still Rachel. Uh, you can find me over at uh, the Wolf Spirit One on Twitter. And I usually ramble a lot. And uh, recently, I've also started to talk about my uh, game design uh, ambitions a little bit more. So if you're into that, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us for the conversation. Yes.